a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm filling in for Boyd Matheson today. And uh, if you know anything about me, I don't know if you used to listen to The Nightside Project with Alex and me. And by the way, you can still get The Nightside Project as a podcast. You know, you can get it out there wherever fine podcasts are, well, given away. We don't charge for it, including the KSL News Radio app. So definitely check it out there. Um, but I, you know, if, if you used to listen, you know that I went to West High School. My parents lived just uh, two blocks from that school. Well, maybe a block and a half kind of through the block from that school. And so I'm very familiar with uh, with downtown Salt Lake and how it's evolved over the years, uh, years and over the last few decades. And I remember when I was young, the problems around Pioneer Park were pretty much just Pioneer Park. And if you steered clear of Pioneer Park, you pretty much steered clear of 99.9% of any of the problems you might run into in Salt Lake City. And, and do you remember... The 4th South Viaduct. Now, that whole area has been completely reconfigured now. But uh, do you remember that 4th South Viaduct? And there we would get that kind of that uh, that tent city under there. Uh, it was all very, very localized. And they'd periodically go through and clean it all out and then it'd build back up again. And, and that was pretty much the state of things around Pioneer Park and in the homeless uh, uh, and in the homeless. I don't want I don't know how to refer to it, the homeless situation. But boy, things are different now. We've got Mary Richards with us. And uh, you I know you know Mary Richards. She is uh, a veteran reporter with KSL News Radio. She wakes up at 3.30 a.m. every day to get things going for us in our community. Mary, welcome. How are you? Fine, thanks. It's good to hear you on the radio, Ethan. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm pleased to be doing it. Now, Mary, you attended a press conference today with the chief of police in Salt Lake City, and the mayor. And I do know enough about Salt Lake politics to know that if you get the mayor and the chief of police in the same place at the same time on the same microphone, uh, things are really going down. Yeah, I got the impression this was something that they'd been talking about together for a while. They wanted to update the city and the media on crime in the city um, because I, I believe they had planned this, but then this weekend saw some violence and some crime in the city, two shootings and then also a video that had been shared from uh, a crime happening in Pioneer Park that caught a lot of people's attention on social media. So those things that happened over the weekend kind of seemed to add to the, I don't know, the the seriousness behind this news conference they held from Pioneer Park where they wanted to talk about crime and yeah. how the thing that they said right off the bat was, look, these things that happened over the weekend they are terrible and tragic. They are not indicative of the city in general. It, they they really did want to point out that in their view and the numbers they highlighted, 
crime trends are in general, at least especially violent crimes, are going down in the city. Well, they're going down now. Aren't, aren't they up, though, for the year a little bit? So they they shared a lot of numbers, and I've been trying to go back through and listen again on the tape because when I was standing there, I would hear it's down, but this is up, but this one's down, but this is up. So okay. um, month to month, they say overall crime uh, this year is lower than in the peaks of 2015, 2016, and 2017. But okay. however, the but overall crime is up 2.9 percent over a five year average. But most of the total crime in the city is the stolen property, vandalism, disorderly conduct. So not violent crime, but still crime that affects lives and quality of life. Yeah, well, and here's and, and I think you hit the nail on the on the head there is that these affects lives and quality of life. And and f- these families that are victims of this violence, they're going to find cold comfort in statistics. And uh, and I, I don't like. And I won't ask you to re- respond to this uh, specifically, but I, I don't like the way that we roll those out because when you're looking at rolling averages one to five years compared to these other years five years ago, month to month, it's sometimes I feel like more gets obscured uh, in those situations than is is really revealed. Now, um, now, Mary, we know that. Um, that around in this community, we've we've consistently seen a lot of crime that is incidental to the homeless community that's there. Is this still what we're talking about? Are we still seeing crime that's pretty much happening around the homeless, uh, the homeless community, and the opportunities that the that the criminal gangs find there? Or is this something different or new that we're seeing? They they talked a little bit about that, but then they said we can't police our way out of homelessness, which and they, they kind of talked and the mayor referred back to an August fifth news conference she held asking other cities to step up and 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 kind of take some of that. And the and yeah. the chief the chief admitted saying, Of course, when we turn our focus on an area and kind of clean up uh, tent cities or homeless encampments, some of that's going to spread for those who don't want to find services. And so you hear from folks at uh, Liberty Park or Sugar House Park neighbors saying it's coming here and we don't like this. Yeah. So they did talk about turning a more visible presence, a lot more officers in some of those spots to really focus on kind of keeping things a little safer. Um, and But the, the, there was a key quote that I also highlighted where, the chief was talking about um, how emotional it was when they, they made an arrest in that graduation, high school graduation shooting yeah. from June. They made that arrest. He goes, I want to make a plea to our younger generations, especially it's time to put down your guns. So, I mean, we can't just say, oh, it's just the homelessness in Salt Lake City causing crime when there's a lot of these other concerns of you know gang detectives were super busy over the weekend after a drive-by shooting for example and 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 other things like that happening and and i it'll be interesting to see like you said statistics if if that does tell a story in the long run or not um what kinds of patterns have been happening from the pandemic and what kind of things affected people one scary statistic that the chief shared was in district five overall crime is down, but aggravated assaults among families are up 59%. So families having problems is a real concern. Yeah. Feeling the stress of the pandemic and and everything undoubtedly. Um, Mary, one of the things that the police chief brought up is that they've got 56 positions in the Salt Lake city police department. They've got money to hire. 
are they not getting applicants? I mean, are they are is the Salt Lake City Police Force suffering the same problem that so many uh, Utah businesses are, and that is they're just there's not enough people out there looking for jobs. So this is an interesting topic, and I would suggest people go back uh, a month or so ago in the Desert News was a long in-depth report, special report from Kitty McKellar, looking specifically at the Salt Lake City Police Department, some of the problems from 2020 that affected our those officers in particular greatly. Uh, a year full of violent protests in Salt Lake City itself, and some of the words of the mayor they told the paper, some of these officers told the paper, were really um, indicative of them leaving the force. However, since July, the mayor pointed out today, along with the chief, when he made that comment about them being down, she said, we introduced an increase, rather increased department wages in July. And so happy to say that um, in this summer, they've had 20 new hires and seven rehires yeah. and hoping for 16 lateral officers moving in as well. So they, they hope that increasing that raise, increasing morale will uh, have a, a better police force and more officers on board. Well, here's hoping, you know, you got to have a, if you want people to come and work for you, you got to have a career path for them. So Mary Richards, reporter for KSL News Radio. Mary, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, when we come back, El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin as an official currency. What on earth does that mean? We're going to break it down next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.